ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode number 14 of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest podcast, nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. I'm Lom, also known as Mr. Nice Guy. I do have my co-host here with me. Oh wow, we're getting some feedback, Mac. Are we? Is it good kind of feedback, the stuff we like? No, but I think it's over with. We got it fixed now. Um, I'm Lom, known as Mr. Nice Guy. We also have Maction here. Kind of feedback, the stuff we like. There's a time for words and there's a time for Maction. Now, I think I figured out what it is. I think it's something to do with the Google Hangout. Do I have audio on my Google Hangout that I need to mute somehow? Um, good question. I don't think so. Do I have oh, yeah. audio on my Google Is it coming through? Is it like coming so, through your speakers? So I'm, it's coming through my speaker, and I'm, I'm hearing it after I say something. 30 seconds later, I'm hearing myself talk. So I don't know what's going oh, is, on. Is it in your, like, video preview? Is it in, like, you know, is it from Twitch? That could Twitch? be it. That could be it. Give me a sec. Let's get this figured out. Let's get this figured out before... Oh, is... Is it in your like video? Preview? There it is, right there. There is it, it is, right like, there. You know, is it from Twitch? Victory. Now I gotta figure out how to shut this video preview down. Regardless, guys, welcome to the podcast, Mac. How was your week, man? Oh well, it was good. You know, we had some holidays, uh, so I took some time off from work. Um, we also uh, there was some presents which was great. I got to see some family members that I don't regularly see. It uh, gives you, you know, sort of reminds you as to why you don't regularly see them. Um, hmm. But yeah, all in all, it was a pretty good uh, it was, it was Dude, a pretty good now week. That, that's a story that begs the question, who are we talking about and what did they do? I'm kidding. Uh, no, you, don't have to, you don't have to get into that. Yeah, sadly, I think it would thoroughly depress you. Oh, dang. Um, well, then I don't want to hear it, man. Yeah. We'll just say um, that, uh, that you know, it's 2017, and there are some things that people of any adultish age, um, much less being in their 30s, should have more sense than to say. I understand uh, completely what you're saying. We won't bother our viewers with that. But it yeah. sounds like other than those interactions, you had a solid holiday season and I celebrate oh, yeah. Christmas. I know you celebrate Christmas, so we could say Christmas season here. Indeed, yeah. Uh, Christmas and New Year's was actually fun. As it turns out, a friend of mine, it's his wedding anniversary on New Year's. So uh, so we, you know, had a New Year's. Uh, we had a, a good New Year's time. And, and uh, we even went dancing because that's what they wanted to do. And Dude, so I Matt, danced. You dan- did you dance? Did you break it down? And I did the Carlton. Dude, yes, no, I did. You didn't. Did you really? I did. You I did, did the Carlton. But, uh, but it wasn't too. It's not unusual. So, okay. Okay. Uh, so okay. I just kind of. <laughs> this is why you have to be here for the live show, ladies and gentlemen. He just did the Carlton live on stream. Uh, now, Mac. So you cut a rug, and I say cut a rug because that's the type of language that you would use. Like Indeed. that's the verbiage that you would use. You cut a rug. Mm-hmm. You had a good time. Did Mrs. The Mac dance too? She did, and she is a significantly better dancer than I am. As a matter of fact, um, I may dance like nobody's watching sometimes, but she dances like everyone's watching, and like you know, as in like performance. She moves. I, I, I'm sure that there's some sort of song lyric or some sort of poetry in motion right. type of thing that accurately describes her because she is freaking graceful. In her spare time, she does teach dance, so not too surprising. Dude, that's cool. Well, I'm glad you had a good holiday season, man. That's that's good to hear. Uh, yeah. Mine was solid as well. You know, my brother came into town, and mm-hmm. so we hung out. Uh, I live in Chicago, in the Chicago area. So we went to catch a Bulls game. We went to dinner a few different places. We had a really, really good time. He's applying to some medical schools. Uh, so we went out. We drove. We visited one of them. He just had a good time playing with the kids. Uh, lots of fun, man. Just a great, great break. I took like a week and a half off from work. Um, and I like my Ooh, job. Nice. Time off is always good. So it was it was a blast. Now, I have some kind of big news mm-hmm. that I want to uh, share with you. Uh, 
It's it's involving comedy. <laughs> Uh, so here's what went down, uh, and welcome to you guys who are getting here live. We're glad to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Um, <laughs> someone's asking if they can join the crew. That's interesting. Uh, so Mac, you know I do stand up comedy, and part of getting growing in comedy is to get past at real legit comedy clubs. Like you start out doing mm-hmm. open mics. You know, there's different bar shows and different self produced shows by comics. But ultimately, you want to get past at the clubs, and you want to move up from there. So I just found out today. That I get to showcase at a local comedy club here in Allsip, uh, named Riddles Comedy Club. Uh, so February sixth, I will be showcasing there with uh, with five to seven other comedians. It's actually a free show, two drink minimum, twenty one and up. So if any of you guys are here in the Chicago area, you're welcome to come check me out. Uh, and I'm excited. You know, it's uh, it's something I had kind of already achieved in the mm-hmm. scene that I was in before, but here I'm starting over. So now I'm back to that point of getting past at the actual clubs and then getting work as a host or as a feature act on weekends. So pretty excited, man. It's, it's a, a big step if I do well. Nice. Making some big progress back there in Chicago. Known yes, for its comedy scene. That's right. Known for the comedy, also known for the pizza, also known for the murder, but I, I try to avoid that. I like two of the three, but not the third. Well, Mac, that said, shall we hop into the news? I think we absolutely should, Mr. Nice Guy. What have we got? We got some what good, have we got? We got some really good news stories this week, you guys. Uh, so this first one is on GameSpot. It goes on to say, During a recent report regarding alleged Russian hacking of the U.S. presidential election, CNN briefly showed footage from Fallout 4. As noticed by Reddit user Poofylicious, the video, which can be seen here on their website around the 102 mark, shows an angled shot of a computer screen displaying random strings of text. The cliche-ridden shot is, in fact, a common sight in Bethesda's Fallout games, as demonstrated in the graphic below from the Reddit post. So guys, bottom line here, a real news source was talking about hacking, and instead of actually showing some hacking, they chose to uh, <laughs> they chose to use... Some footage from a video game. Now, is this the first time that it's happened? No, it is not. Uh, We have some examples here. Uh, It talks about... It says, uh, during a story on child soldiers, RT showed an image from Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, a decision it later called deliberate. I can't read today. An Iranian network showed Medal of Honor footage in a report on a raid on ISIS, while Yahoo opted for a Destiny screenshot in web story about one of Saturn's moons. Uh, guys, let's stop using video game footage for real life stuff. How about that? Uh, how about that? If you're, if you're a legitimate news, news source, why don't you show some legitimate news footage? Mac, what do you think though? Am I making too big a deal out of this or, or are, no, they, are they good? Yeah, well, yeah, maybe a little bit because Mr. Nice Guy, you have to ask yourself, how would one actually film hacking? You'd have to get in touch. No, you know, I you'd get, have to I, get a hacker. I get, get that. Him on, get him could, on camera. You don't have to. You could just get someone. You could just show someone's fingers typing on a keyboard. You could show a, a clip from the classic movie Hackers starring Angelina <laughs> Jolie. A great movie if you haven't seen it, guys. Um, Indeed. But instead, there's some um, video game hacking. I don't know. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, interestingly enough, um, there's this thing. I don't know if it's a website that everybody uses, but there, but there's at least a website to mock sort of movie hacking, where all you do is you type in, and it'll spit. You know, you type whatever you want, and it'll spit out garbled, you know, nonsense-looking code really? in, you know, green on black or whatever. Um, I I don't know if uh, I don't know if C- one of the CSIs has actually used that as a you know as a as a thing on one of their episodes, but I wouldn't put it past them. So I, I guess maybe Mr. Nice Guy, uh, you put the little dramatization at the bottom. Yeah, you could probably do better than that's uh, what than I'm stock saying. video that's from a saying. video game. That's that's fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Well, guys. Regardless, let's keep it moving. Red Dead Redemption Two. This is on Game Rant. Uh, it says, while it is common practice for a developer, Rockstar Games, to go dark after initially announcing a title like it did with Red Dead Redemption 2, that hasn't stopped the marketing blitz for a game from getting going. It's an interesting phrase, use of words right there. Just this week, for example, promo material for Red Dead 2 started going out that, if nothing else confirms, the game will in fact release in 2017. 
Unfortunately, there isn't anything else to be gleaned from the Red Dead Redemption 2 promo stand, as it uses the familiar image of cowboy silhouettes against the setting sun. Fans have already poured over the image to try and gather some details, if any. But as of right now, it's all speculation. The only major item to note is on the stand is its release date, which reads autumn 2017 or fall for non-UK residents. What isn't speculation, though, is the fact that Red Dead Redemption 2 will be releasing this year, assuming it isn't delayed. Rockstar is a developer known for taking its time with projects, and very rarely does the studio stick to its first release date. So, guys, I'm really excited for Red Dead 2. Uh, I know some of you guys are excited for Red Dead 2. Mac, I know you're not excited for Red Dead 2. Uh, I don't think it'd be fair to say... Well, okay, okay, yeah. Fair to say not excited. I would have said ambivalent. But uh, but I guess ambivalent is part of the not excited group. So I'll take that. Yeah, and you know, it's not the type of game that I really play anymore. Ten years ago, or excuse me, not ten years ago. Uh, six, seven years ago when the first one came out, I was really into that type of game. Now I've kind of moved on from, from the Rockstar stuff. Uh, but one thing I have to say that I respect about them is that they said the game is coming out and they're planning on releasing it about a year after they announced it. I think it's terrible, as you guys know, if you're regulars, when, when companies say, oh, the game's going to be out in a year, and then it ends up coming out three years later due to delay after delay after delay. Um, so we'll see what happens. Now, we have a comment in the chat. Galvatron, he says, the funny thing about Red Dead Redemption 2 is that 2K and Rockstar no longer participate in E3, so they will likely do their own conference or event to unveil the game. That's true. Rockstar doesn't do E3. Um, so, I mean, they kind of have already unveiled the game, but we'll see if they have more info before the release date moving on guys let's talk about the nintendo switch something that we can all get a little bit excited about uh, this is on game rant as well it says one of the most exciting gaming advances coming this year is the nintendo is nintendo's new flagship console the nintendo switch while gamers wait for more information to be revealed about the handheld hybrid device to be revealed in january some information is finding its way to the streets a little early <laughs> The latest details about the Nintendo Switch come by way of former senior rendering leader for Ubisoft, Sebastian Altonen, who shared on a Beyond 3D forum some news about the Nintendo Switch processing speed. Unfortunately for fans of current-gen games, it seems the Switch's processing speed may be far below what we were hoping. There's a quote here from him. Uh, he says, Around 50% of modern game engine fra frame time goes to running compute shaders 25.6 gigabytes is pretty low so he gets into some technical stuff um he goes on to say basically that too bad last gen consoles already got their last big AAA releases a year ago xbox one is significantly faster hardware straightforward code port is not possible content also needs to be simplified bottom line we're not going to get current gen ports of these games you guys um which which sucks because I think that people are going to buy the Switch wanting to adopt certain games. Like, they showed NBA 2K. Um, they, uh, they've showed other things, you know, besides just the Mario and the Zelda. For people who are fans of Nintendo, third-party support is something that they've been begging for for a really long time. So, we'll see, uh, we'll see how it does. Now, Mac, do you think this is going to hurt sales, the fact that they're not going to get ports of already released games? Or do you think Nintendo's going to be all right? Uh, frankly, I think they're probably going to be all right. Uh, people aren't really... I mean, as far as Nintendo goes, the two things people are asking about uh, the Nintendo Switch are, you know, what are the new games going to be? People are looking for the stuff for Switch exclusives, and they're wondering about virtual console stuff. So, I, I mean, at, at least those are the people that uh, that I've talked to seems, in general, to be most of the most of the concerns. I don't think that this is going to hurt them that much at all, though. Yeah, I, I kind of... I don't know. I tend to agree with you, but I also think that it might be the same mistake that's been made over and over where they just don't have third party support. I also read an article today saying that they are not going to have the new Mass Effect on uh, on the Nintendo Switch, which to me is a major oversight. That's going to be a big game. Um, now, that said, they are going to have uh, a lot of games using the Unreal Engine, so it's at least capable of running that engine. I think that's huge because so many games are used or made using that engine. Moving on. Uh, we'll do a couple more news stories, and then we'll we'll keep things moving. This was this one's from Polygon, um, and this has to do with esports. Says the Danish soccer club FC Copenhagen is the latest professional sports team to push into esports, partnering with an entertainment company to establish an esports unit that has signed the top the members of a top Counter Strike team. The players formerly with Team Digit Dignitas 
have inked a two-year contract with the new organization called North. Its Counter-Strike team will begin competition at the E-League Major Tournament in Atlanta on June 20, excuse me, January 27th. Dignitas was bought by the Philadelphia 76ers of the NBA in September. Uh, they released their Danish members from their contracts at the end of 2016. It's well known for its success in League of Legends. In three seasons of Counter-Strike competition, they won $875,000. Guys, here's here's the bottom line, and I'm talking to you, Colin Cowherd, of uh, of ESPN. Esports are legit. They're here to stay. You can no longer say that gaming is for nerdy losers in their mom's basement. People are making legitimate money doing this. This soccer team just bought it. The Philadelphia 76ers are in on it. Kobe Bryant is in on it. You know, as gamers, I don't feel like I ever needed someone who's mainstream, who's an athlete, who's an alpha male, to to get into esports to prove to me that gaming is legitimate but that said that the jocks are now getting into it it just shows how mainstream it is that's my stance on that i will point out mr nice guy that jocks have been into some decisively unjockey things consider um fantasy football uh dungeons and dragons for the sports uh for the sports minded so uh i'll just throw that out there yeah you're right dude they really have uh and, I mean, there's always been the bro games. There's been the Call of Duty, the Madden, you know, that kind of stuff. So, And as a guy who's kind of into both, I feel like I'm, I'm you know, like I'm moderate in that regard. Like I'm into sports, but I'm into gaming. It's cool to see the two kind of come together uh, into one big thing. So we'll do one more news story, and then we'll move on. And speaking of competitive gaming, this next story is about my favorite game, Overwatch. Uh, this is on IGN.com. Uh, and it just says uh, Overwatch gets a new control map called Oasis. I just downloaded it right before the stream. Haven't gotten to play it yet. Available now on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One, the Overwatch arena sees players battling it out in an advanced city set in the Arabian Desert. There are three different control points to defend on Oasis, along with traffic to avoid and jump pads to use. Blizzard Entertainment also offered an official synopsis for Oasis. Oh, excuse me, Oasis. Quote, researchers and academics from around the region came together to found a city dedicated to scientific progress without restraints, a monument to human ingenuity and invention. The city and its inhabitants are governed by the ministries, a, collective, a collection of brilliant minds who possess many secrets that have attracted the interest of powerful organizations from around the world. Uh, I'm really excited for this new map. Uh, I'm going to check it out. And if you guys didn't know, Overwatch is also going to have a competitive league. Mac, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Overwatch... I have is, heard about this. Yeah, it's huge. Overwatch is actually going to have, like, legitimate teams for esports based on your region, based on your city. So if you're a pro Overwatch player, you'll get a salary, you'll get benefits if you're good enough to be on one of these teams, and they will compete just like real sports teams do. So... Uh, I'm really, really hyped for it. I'm not competitive. I'm not going to try to be competitive, but I'm excited to watch watch the pros do their thing and uh, and learn from them. So pretty excited for that. And that is our news for the week. Once again, for those of you just tuning in, this is Two Nerds in a Pod, nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. I messed up the intro earlier. So once again, my name is Lom, also known as Mr. Nice Guy. My co-host here, there's a time for words, there's a time for Maction, is here too. And he's going to take it away with our next segment. All right, the next segment, for those of you uh, new, to the, new to the place, is called Gaming History. Um, we've talked a little bit about what's going on right now. Let's take a look at some of the notable games that have been released that maybe have, I don't know, shaped the way we've done things. Uh, maybe they're well-loved titles, or maybe Mr. Nice Guy and I just are you know, kind of biased and think they're fantastic. So They're, they're fantastic. <laughs> So here's what we've got. And interestingly enough, uh, believe it or not, um, the Christmas season, you know, right around Christmas and New Year's, you don't see that many, uh, that many releases of console games. Uh, that shouldn't be too surprising when you think about it that, you know, if you think back, like pre-2000 and gosh, uh, Steam got its start back in 2000 and uh, 2000. Wow. Has, was it really 2012? Anyway, um, if you think back before digital distribution of video games, the places that you bought games were a brick-and-mortar store. Yep. Um, as such, games weren't really released during the Christmas New Year area because oh. so many brick-and-mortar stores would be closed. Nobody would be there to buy them. So there's no point in releasing the games um, 
during the holidays until you know digital distribution took off. So what we've got is uh, is we've got a whole bunch of games that have been released in the past, in years past, over the past you know few days and a couple of weeks, uh, but they're almost all exclusively Windows. So I feel more. Uh, this is my element, having been this a is your, this gamer. is your area of expertise. For ages, and I want to start with a moldy oldie, but one that you might remember. It's called Hugo's House of Horrors, released in uh, released in 1990 for uh, for DOS. This was back in the DOS days. And uh, what was really funny about Hugo's House of Horrors is that I've actually never beaten it, uh, <laughs> which kind of feels like a terrible thing to admit. But it's one of those games that was—it was a graphical game, right? So you know, it had graphics. It wasn't—it uh, wasn't really a text game, aside from the fact that you used the parser, um, you used a text-based command. So you would move Hugo around on the uh, on the you know on the screen. And then you would type something like "pick up cat," or you know, or use uh, use knife on apple, or whatever you would do. And so you would do all of this stuff, um, but you had to interact with text, which is sort of uh, right. Of, you know, th this kind of comes out in the time period where what we were thinking about. Um, is we were trying to sort of bridge that gap between the full text games, um, you know, things like, uh, you know, MUDs, uh, you know, completely text-based RP text RPGs and games, yeah, and yeah. moving more to the graphical styles. And so, uh, so sort of linking those two happens to be these games where you use parser commands to give this extra level of interaction, this extra level of of you know uh, choice sets sure, because it sure. was much easier to program in these sorts of text commands and what you could and couldn't do than it was to actually try and give a interface with enough dynamic controls to do all the things that we can. I mean, if you just think about something like how many lines of code it takes to use the same 20, well, I mean, it's probably 14 buttons on your Xbox controller in order to interact with the various ways, whether you're talking about um, forging armor, repairing armor, or other things like that. This was just something that was completely unknown. Uh, something that you just couldn't do at all. So this was kind of, uh, kind of, kind of the in between as we were growing from one medium to the next. So, uh, so Hugo's House of Horrors definitely stands out to me as one that uh, that has, you know, was in that transitional area. It was kind of funny, had a lot of jokes, as most of these te text style games had. But, uh, but one that I still have. Jokes, of course. Yeah, text-based jokes, absolutely. But uh, but Hugo's House of Horrors came out in 1990 for DOS. Um, now this next one and these next two, I should say, are ones that are absolutely going to be instantly recognizable to anyone. Mr. Nice Guy. In 1996, there was a game released by you know a studio nobody had heard about before called Diablo. Oh yeah, I, I've heard of them. Now I've you've heard, heard of, of them. this. Yeah, yeah, now you've heard of them. So, uh, so Diablo, nineteen ninety six, over of course, uh, over of course, Christmas, which was uh, uh, the Christmas break, which was actually really really cool. Uh, Diablo is one of those things where it is so, um, it is so typical of a you know, it, it is what people talk about when they talk about a genre. You may talk about things like a, a roguelike, right? So, you know, you've heard of roguelike. That's a genre of games. You've heard of a Metroidvania. That's somewhat of a newer genre. Yes. Uh, but Diablo, often Diablo clones and so on and so forth. But, uh, but Diablo, of course, overhead um, art action RPG. You go around killing stuff with your sword. Um, a lot of things today spawn off of the ideas and concepts generated by Diablo. And that is... Uh, and it's crazy to think that it was only 1996 before, uh, you know, that that is when it happened. But, uh, and now, but yeah. now they're Diablo. up to Diablo 3 and they still support it. If you guys didn't know, Diablo oh, yeah. was made by, uh, by Blizzard. 
and Blizzard made Overwatch, Blizzard made Heroes of the Storm, World of Warcraft. You know, obviously everyone's heard of them now. Great company, still mm-hmm. supports their games. Awesome to see what they're doing. Yeah, and I mean, oh gosh, they recently, I believe it was for, was it Diablo 2? That a few months ago they released an additional patch for it? Which is just crazy to think, because Diablo 2 came out in the, you know, in the early 2000s. Yeah, and, and it's the, crazy the, to see like 15 later there still be additional content released. It's crazy. And the fact that there's still a community to justify them releasing these patches is very impressive. Oh yeah. I mean, I actually crazy enough, I recently um did some playing with Diablo 2 uh with some friends online. Uh you know, we played over uh, BattleNet, which is crazy to think that BattleNet's still going. Still up and but, running. But yeah, so hopefully stuff like uh, stuff like Overwatch continues to be supported for as long as games like these have been. So, so yeah. Um, and then the last one that I want to talk about from uh, from gaming history again, not surprisingly, another PC release, Baldur's Gate, released in 1998 for Windows. So Baldur's Gate, uh, for those of you who don't know, has uh, some you know similarities with Diablo. But it uh, struck much more balance on the RPG side of things. Um, yeah, Baldur's yeah. Gate is one of these games that is often in people's top tens. You know, it's like, well, okay, probably more like top 50s. People say, what's the 50 greatest games of all time? Right. Uh, Baldur's Gate often gets put in there. So, uh, so yeah, this past week, in years past, in uh, 1990, we saw Hugo's House of Horrors. In 1996, we saw Diablo, and in 1998, we saw Baldur's Gate. And that's just a few of the gems that uh, that have really kind of moved us to where we are now. Dude, awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Guys, that was our gaming history segment. Now, if you have a game you'd like to see featured on Gaming History, hit us up on uh, iTunes. Not on iTunes. Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> but also hit us up on iTunes. Also hit us up on yeah. iTunes at Two Nerds in a Podcast. The link is in the chat. Um, welcome, new viewers. we got a lot of new people in here today. Glad to have you guys here. Now, it's time for our next segment of the show, which I really enjoy. Uh, it's time for our viewer question of the week, 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 week. Now, Mac, we have a good question this week. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Lay it on me. And this is one... This is one that everybody can participate in. So I want the people who are here in the chat to let us know. I'm going to read this. This comes from Galvatron. He hit us up on Twitter last week. We didn't do the show last week, but this one applies now that the year is over, now that it's a new year. He says, this week's question is very simple. Nice guy in Maction. Very simple. Okay, I I dig simple. I like simple too. I'm not a smart guy. I like it nice and simple. He wants to know, what are your top five games? of 2016 now guys i put my list together mac if you need a couple minutes i'll give you a couple minutes because i know i had time to read the question but i'm gonna run through my top five mac you can run through your top five all right i'll start with i'll or do you want to go first should i ladies first no, or let no? me go first let me go first okay, I, you, I'll, you go I'll, first I'll, I'll, you go first now, sadly i couldn't think of uh i couldn't think of a full five games um, Mr. Nice Guy did give me a little bit of a heads up on this question. I did, I did. So, yeah. I, so I threw this together. Um, but, uh, but I did think of four that I, uh, that, uh, 2016 that I really, uh, really, really liked. Uh, the first one, Stardew Valley. Um, absolutely is going. It's, uh, Stardew Valley is taking my number one spot for top games of 2016. And uh, rightly so, developed by a very small crew. I think it's just, I think it's one guy, right? Stardew Valley, one guy. Um, I know there's at least, you know, one guy who's really the spokesperson and handling all the community and the development. He might have expanded his team because Stardew Valley has been, you know, pretty, pretty big deal. But it certainly is going for my, uh, uh, for my number one. Um, Number two spot is going to Fallout Shelter, um, which uh, which I I quite enjoyed. I really enjoyed Fallout Shelter. I think I sunk a good solid oh I don't know uh, probably two weeks of time into, uh, which was a great distraction for a mobile game. Um, my number three spot is going to, and this one's a little bit on the fence because this came out 
kind of at the tail end of 2015, but I didn't really get into get it my hands on it till 2016, and that was This War of Mine. Ooh. Um, that game really just wrecked me emotionally, man. Because dude, uh, I didn't, th- dude. That's good to know. Not to cut you off, but that's free on PlayStation Plus this month. So, oh yeah, get it, get it. This War of Mine, but but be careful because you've got to. Uh, you've got to be ready to make some really hard choices because in this war of mine, you're not like, you know, you're not like a soldier in a war. You are a civilian and everything that comes along with being a civilian in a war zone, it's pretty, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not hap. It's not, not nice. I kind of wish that everybody would, I don't want to say be forced to, play this war of mine but i think everybody should uh should have that experience of playing it because even if it's not like being in a war zone maybe it's not exactly right it kind of changes the perspective flips the narrative around and gives you um a little bit of maybe even empathy for uh for what other people might be going through uh so it it impacted me quite a bit and kind of made me feel like I, I don't want to say it changed my stance on war fair in general but it really gave me some pause for thought so yeah this war of mine definitely cool nice. cool and, and important nice now here's my top five games now you guys are going to see right now the dichotomy between max and my personality as far as games go <laughs> he's into very different games than me but we we still uh have a lot in common too now my number five game was nba 2k 17 and kind of to give you guys some background on my list i kind of put in the games that i spent a lot of time on like if a game was good enough to <clears throat> excuse me, to get me to keep playing it over and over and over again for whatever reason, to me that's a top game. So, And I'll read some of your viewer games that you're saying in the chat in a minute. Um, so NBA 2K17 was my number five. My number four was actually Enter the Gungeon, which you guys may not have heard of, but it's a really, really good game. Uh, procedurally generated levels with bad guys, um, kind of like, uh, what was that other game? The Binding of Isaac. Uh, but a little less gritty, a little more lighthearted, really, really good game, upgradable weapons, uh, infinite replayability. I still pop it in every once in a while. My kids love it. Can play it with the kids. Number three is going to shock you guys because I no longer have this game. I traded it in. Number three will shock you. Number three. Mr. Nice Guy has gone full clickbait here. And after the break, here's the reasons you shouldn't drink tap water. Number three will shock you. (laughs) Um... I feel like an investigative reporter. Number three is The Division. Now, I had a lot of bad things to say about The Division, but I will say that the time that I spent playing it was a lot of fun. Uh, It's just that when it first came out, there wasn't enough for me to do. There wasn't enough to keep bringing me back. Now, that said, did I put a lot of hours into it? Yes, I did. But the replayability once I reached the end game just wasn't there. Now, I've I've since been told that that changed. Um... But, you know, at the time, I loved it. I, I played it through the end, and and I may have to pick it back up eventually. Number two. Number two game of the year, you guys, is Uncharted 4. Easy pick. Uh, excellent game. You know, the ideal video game. Excellent story, excellent voice acting, excellent characters, uh, excellent graphics, really solid gameplay. I still pop the multiplayer in now that they have added survival mode. Um, it's It's really, 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 really good. Uh, now, number one game, you guys know if you know me and you watch the stream, you already know it's Overwatch. Um, that's a game that I'm going to be playing for years to come. I never get bored of it. You know, anytime I'm tired of the character I'm using, I can switch to a new character. Uh, so many different game modes, just so much to do. Blizzard always supports their games. They're giving us all these free maps uh, constantly to keep the community together, undivided. They don't charge for the DLC, uh, and they, they're constantly tweaking it. I almost said twerking it constantly tweaking it too (laughs) you know blizzard they just they just be twerking in the studio uh no they're constantly tweaking it to keep the balance intact so really great game now real quick uh mac galvatron who submitted the question wanted Mm -hmm. me to read his top five games that he tweeted to us because he can't remember what they were uh he says his top five were titanfall 2 doom uncharted 4 dishonored 2 and inside all excellent choices Mm -hmm. In the chat, we have people saying Firewatch was good. We have Call of Duty. Someone says Doom, Dark Souls 3, Firewatch, Long Dark, Resident Evil 7. 
um, H1Z1, King of the Kill, Grand Theft Auto Five, uh, and a few others. So, I mean, it was a great year for games. I really, really hope that 2017 is even better. Lots to look forward to. I'm personally looking forward to Horizon Zero Dawn. And, uh, and that is our viewer question of the week, guys. To submit one next week, hit us up on Gmail, at two nerds in a podcast at gmail.com, or on Twitter, at two nerds in a pod. Mac, I'll let you take it away. All right. Well, the next segment we've got is a little thing we like to call kick or kickstart. Oh, yes. Uh, for those of us just joining, uh, welcome once again to Two Nerds in a Podcast, the nerdiest podcast, gaming podcast in all of the known universe. So um, this segment this segment is a little interesting what we do is we pre- is i present a um a kickstarter or a currently being crowdfunded game and then uh, mr nice guy and i uh weigh in as to whether or not we think it should be kicked that is kicked out of here or kickstarted that is to say that we feel like this is a game that warrants uh that warrants our money. Uh, we also ask those of you, our viewers, uh, to go ahead and chime in in the chat when we do about whether you think it should be kicked out or kickstarted. And so, in that note, I'm going to go ahead and post the link in the chat so that you guys can see it as well. This is uh, one I have some uh, some interesting feelings about. It's called Unknown Realm. Um, as it says, as you can glean from the title, an 8-bit RPG for PC and Commodore 64. This is getting a release for the Commodore 64, um, which was, uh, which was, <laughs> let's just put it this way. The Commodore 64, for those of you who don't know, um, was released, oh gosh, I'm, I'm actually quick Googling this. Yeah, a January long, long, 1982. Long, long more than 30 years ago. I wanted to be sure. I wanted to be absolutely sure before I said that out loud, but released more than 30 years ago, as well as um, a corresponding release for PC. Now, uh, for many of us, this will come as a very big shock because of the way that the graphics are done, uh, because of the way that the whole game, that the entire game is done. It is um, not only, it, it has to be done with the toolkit for a Commodore 64 so that it's compatible. So this is a very old school game. It's retro in every sense because it's not only done in the style but also with the hardware limitations of the Commodore 64. Now, at the current moment, it's been very well received. Uh, They are focusing primarily on having this open world, day and night cycle, um, seasonal monsters, um, combat, if you've played uh, Ultima, is some of the games that it really takes its inspiration from. And uh, in order to get in and get yourself a copy of the digital game, then, you know, $19 um, release is estimated to be December 2017. But we all know that means June of 2018. That's right, that's right. That's, that's you know, take whatever release date, Add seven months, and that's uh, that's what you're looking at for. A and crowd. they're probably gonna ask for more money. Um, you know, <sighs> I, I know you I'm pessimistic. I'm cynical. As... I'm cynical about it. Oh, so what you're saying is is that that those those fun AAA titles never ask for more money, like uh, like Destiny. They didn't ask like, for uh... more money. People gave them money. <laughs> Willingly, they had their own paying for DLC, right? That's not. Oh, I see what you're saying. That doesn't happen in games. No, you're right. That's a valid point. That's a really valid point. But uh, but yeah, so that's unknown unknown realm. Um, and this I have mixed feelings about. For me personally, I'm just going to throw this out there. I would say kick it, kick it for two reasons. Number one, it is too old school for my tastes. Um, sadly, eight, 1982 is just too far back there. I, I kind of have this sort of cut off at around 1987, 88. Uh, styles post 88 are kind of uh, kind of my preferred. But also, it misses the one rule that I have for all crowdfunded games. The one and rule. Is, the one rule that Maction has is there must be a playable demo before I shell out any money. 
Um, there have been games that I have passed on that turned out to be amazing, and I've paid much more money for them later because I wanted them, but I couldn't justify paying out money for them because they didn't have a playable demo. And you can say all that you want that you've got. It, it's 99% done. We just need the last little bit. If I don't see a playable demo, then I don't believe you. I agree. And that's that's the way it goes here. They even claim on their page that they are 90% done. I'm trying to find the exact exact words. Now, while he's looking uh, that up, guys, this is an interactive portion of the show. So Mac just presented this Kickstarter to you. He also posted the link. For those of you who are here watching live, at this point you get to vote. If you think that this is something worthy of being kickstarted, let us know in the chat. If you think we should kick it to the curb, say kick it. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Now, Mac, I'm gonna have to say, kick this as well. I think that I think that there's a difference between going old school, between going retro, and just mm-hmm. going ancient. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I would I would never put a Kickstarter up. This is, hey, look, yo, I, I got these two sticks. If you buy these two <laughs> sticks, you know how they used to use them to make fire. Now you too can make fire with these two sticks. Even though you could just use a lot. Like, it doesn't make sense. No one wants to do that. No one wants to play the Commodore 64. That that doesn't make any sense at all to go that old school. Um, and I'd be interested to see how old the people are who who made this, this Kickstarter. So I'm going to say kick it, too. I think it should be kicked to the curb. And I think that it's kind of unanimous. I'm not seeing anyone that wants to see this Kickstarter. Yeah, not thus far. And and again, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I might even be willing to vent, you know, to risk something on it, but again, it's like you say you're close to done, you say you've got prototypes, um and then it just, you know, it's like there's no there's no demo. I I I have to have demo. Playable demo. But but yeah. I'm with you, man. Well, cool. Is that the end of our kick it or kickstart it segment? Oh yeah. Sorry about that. Yes, that's the end of our kick or kickstart segment. I think we're uh, I think we're we're pretty pretty close. Uh, Pazzy's the outlying vote here, but we're pretty close to unanimous in uh, in kicking it. So um, so yeah, not everybody's a winner on the kick or kickstart segment. Sometimes we find some real cool ones. Uh, sometimes eh, sometimes we prove to be wrong as well. But that's all for kick or kickstart. Over to you, Mr. Nice Guy. That's right. Now, guys, it's time for my favorite. And I think we might need a moment of silence because this, this mm-hmm. segment, I, I love it so much. Let's have a moment of silence real quick. Okay, that's long enough. For our dummy of the week. Week, week. This is the segment where I tell you something stupid that somebody did in the gaming industry or in the electronics industry, something crazy, something ridiculous, and we all laugh at their stupidity. Now, guys, this week, once again, there were two very, very stupid people in the news. We have two stories this week. So here's the first one. And, you guys, these are all real. These are not made up. This one can be found on whky.com. On Friday, December 30th, 2016, it says, Hickory Man arrested in connection to video game theft in Lincoln County. It has a picture of this gentleman. His name is Zachary Aaron Loveless. It says, 23-year-old Zachary Aaron Loveless of Hickory has been arrested by Lincoln County Sheriff's officers on one count each of felony obtaining property by false pretense and misdemeanor larceny. Loveless was charged in connection to the theft of an Xbox from the home from a home on Prince Drive in Lincolnton. He allegedly removed the electronic equipment from a residence and used credit card information on the Xbox Live account. Now here's how he got caught. A search warrant for the IP address traced the account to a residence in Newton. Loveless denied stealing the Xbox, but admitted to making purchases totaling $170 on the gaming system. From his arrest, Loveless was given a $5,000 secured bond. He'll appear in court on January, on January 12th. Now, guys, first of all, we are not ever advocating stealing or any type of criminal activity here on Two Nerds in a Pod. But if you're going to steal something, don't hook it up to the Internet and use the exact same credit card information that's already in the console. All they have to do is track your IP address, and they can pinpoint your location. That's how this dummy got caught. Um, I don't know. I feel like if someone's smart enough to hook hook a console up to the internet, they should know that that's a possibility. That's just me. 
Uh, now, guys, we do have one more dummy of the week, and to me, this one is much more funny than the oh, first. two dummies of the week, Mister Nice Guy, a double feature. I'm, I'm spoiling you guys this week. We got oh, two. Uh, so this one's on phillyvoice.com. I won't read the title because it gives everything away, but this is from December 31st, 2016. Now, bear with me, guys. This is all true. It says, Police in South Jersey were called to a fight over a video game controller that involved martial arts and spitting. I'm going to say that one more time. It involved martial arts and spitting. Authorities responded to a report of two males fighting at a home on the 200 block of North Willow Street in Gloucester City on December 21st. Police said when they arrived, the two men who were in their 30s were no longer fighting. Officers determined the argument was over a PlayStation 4 controller. During the disagreement, one man spat in the other's face. The man who was spat on claimed he, quote, blacked out and began doing kung fu and backflips, damaging the other man's fence, <laughs> police said. The men decided not to file complaints against each other, and the man who channeled his inner Bruce Lee agreed to fix the other man's fence. No word on whether the missing PS4 controller was found. Okay, now, so, I don't know. I, Mac, first of all, do you have any thoughts on this at all, or should I just get into my... Oh, no, I've got so many, so many thoughts. <laughs> um, uh, well... Uh, this is not the way I expected that story to go. Uh, um, at least in the United States, um, spitting on someone is considered assault. It is, um, yeah. So, uh, so I expected this to really escalate. I did not expect that he would backflip and damage um, his neighbor's fence. Uh, that, that's really what took me by surprise. Yeah, and the thing that caught me off guard is that the, the second guy said he blacked out. And started doing kung fu. He, he wasn't in control of his actions, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, but when you're blacked out, you're not walking around. Uh, maybe it was a sort of, you know, like uh, a blackout drunk. I have known some blackout drunks, and uh, they have continued to, uh, if not function well, they have continued to actually locomote um, during the course of being blacked out. Um Something doesn't add up. Here's what I think went down. These dudes were acting crazy. Someone called the cops. They said, yo, I called the cops on you guys. And they were like, oh, no. So let's make up a story as to why all this stuff that we've done has happened. Because really what happened is the one guy spat in the other guy's face. The guy got mad and threw him through his fence. I think that's what happened in my, my intellectual determination of this situation, my analysis. But neither of them wanted to go to jail. So they said, yo, 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 we, he spat in my face. Yeah, but it's okay because then I blacked out. He spat really hard, and it caused me to black out. And then I just started doing uh, uh, not jujitsu. What's the other one? Uh, kung fu. And I just kicked a hole in his fence as I was blacked out. And, yeah, we don't want to go to prison, so we're not pressing charges against each other. First of all, why are you fighting over a PlayStation controller? Second of all, how do you black out in that situation? It's just a bunch of nonsense. Um, but it is what it is, guys. Don't be dumb. Don't fight over controllers. Don't spin on people. And don't do kung fu through fences. That's our dummy of the week. Mm -hmm. Oh, great pick, Mr. Nice Guy. Great pick. And now we are on to uh, probably my favorite segment. I call it, we call it Legalese. Legalese. And, um, and... During the legalese segment, we talk a little bit about current lawsuits that are going on. Um, some of them may have an impact on the way that you play games, um, things, uh, or even things that have been like notable lawsuits of the past or notable cases in the past that have shaped the way that we play video games or even consume video games. So uh, this one, well, I actually... Believe it or not, I had quite a few to choose from. Um, and while I've been sort of, you know, this whole thing, I've, this whole time I've been kind of mulling over which one to go for, um, I think I'm going to give us a, uh, a double whammy here. Um, and both of them involve uh, Valve. These are two lawsuits that Valve has been hit with for two very different reasons. Uh, the first one actually comes from the Australian Federal Court. Um, the Australian Federal Court has decided to fine Valve $3 million. Whoa. Over 
breaches of contract of Australian consumer law from 2011 to 2014. So basically, the, uh, the bulk of the argument is that according to Australian consumer law, you need to be, as a, as a, um, as a uh, provider of a service, you need to make sure your customers are aware of your, um, of your uh, uh, refund policy, right? And so I'll, I'll read just right here this, this little bit. For a period of 12 months, okay, perfect. Um, so basically their argument was that uh, between 2011 and 2014, there were enough people that enough Australian consumers that were unaware that they could uh, that they could get refunds through the Steam's refund policy that it warrants a fine of uh, of three million dollars. They filed this lawsuit on December the twenty third, just a few days after the last time we did our uh, our um, two nerds in a podcast, and uh, they felt it enough to warrant a fine of. $3 million to be paid within 30 days. Um, this is still currently ongoing. Uh, however, they've got a little bit of time to appeal it. I am positive that they are going to try and appeal, appeal this because that's a sizable chunk of money. Um, but nonetheless, according to, uh, according to the Federal Court of Australia, um, Valve did not do enough to make sure that, uh, that people knew that they could you know, get a refund for games that they didn't like. So there we go. There's the first one. But as if that wasn't bad enough, um, Valve has another lawsuit that is ongoing. Um, and this has been ongoing for a little while. Um, let me pull it up here. Um, you may have heard of the lawsuits uh, that have been filed against Valve for gambling, specifically relating to Counter-Strike Go, um, to Counter-Strike Go, the skins, and people gambling on skins. Um, for those of you who don't know, Counter-Strike Go um, has had these various skins that you can put onto your, you know, onto your gun, yep. onto your character, onto the various things, and uh, there have been these third-party sites that have uh, made use of the fact that you can trade um, skins around and even pay money for them uh, to do gambling on these, uh, on these skins. So, <laughs> believe it or not, um, this, uh, this suit is sort of in the trying to become a class action lawsuit phase, um, filed by the parents of minors who have, uh, who have spent a lot of their parents' money on gambling That's silly. for that, I'm skins. Sorry, oh, that... it is so silly, Mr. Nice Guy. It is so very silly. But this is not the first time that this particular, um, uh, this particular case has come. So this case, right, the lead plaintiffs in the case are um, parents in Oregon, Illinois, and Missouri who say that their sons lost thousands of dollars in skins gambling on the uh, mark in a marketplace overseas. Then their sons so, are stupid. I'm sorry. This is son, third they're... party. This is third party markets gambling. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, because of that, this is not the first time that this uh, that this kind of argument's been made. Right. Um, this has been brought uh, brought to them in the past. And uh, so last time it came up, um, it, it, it's, very, it's almost identical to the suit filed in Connecticut earlier this summer, which uh, Valve, of course, had the transfer, you know, transfer the case to the Seattle courts since that's where they're based. And then uh, once it winds up, you know, getting in there, they dismiss it because it's pretty ridiculous. Um, and uh, so the same thing's happening here. Uh, the suit hasn't actually gone forward yet, but it's likely to be dismissed just the same way as the Connecticut case. But this speaks to a much larger thing. It, it also kind of reminds me of the other big lawsuit over the weekend that you may or may not have heard about. And, and you'll have to forgive me, this isn't quite 
video game related. It's just kind of tech related, if I may, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, let's do it. Of course. Um, have you heard about the uh, the guy who's uh, the guy who is suing uh, suing uh, Apple for uh, for him having used FaceTime while he was driving and crashed into another he vehicle? He needs to be slapped to the, too. He needs to be slapped. Leading as well. to the deaths of one of his children. No, this I haven't heard about it, but that's ridiculous. Yes, he is. He is suing on the grounds that. Um, that Apple filed a patent, Apple patented a method of turning off certain phone features when you are driving. And yet, because Apple did not implement this feature on which they have a patent, never mind that they have, haven't implemented it on any you know, on anything at all, but because they haven't implemented implemented this patented feature on uh, on FaceTime that would have prevented him from not paying attention to the road, misusing his mobile device while driving, and crashing into another vehicle. Um, well, I mean, clearly, it's just it's Apple's just gotten crazy. Don't ever, guys, girls in the chat, don't ever create anything. Don't ever create anything cool or useful unless you also create a way for people to protect themselves from it. Otherwise, they'll find a way to get hurt and they'll sue you. I mean, it's just crazy. It's crazy. That's all I had to say about that. And uh, yeah, it's pretty dang crazy. And the fact of the matter is, is that this will likely get thrown out as well um, because, you know, for many years, we have not required patents to actually line up with what you can actually do. Um, so you know, so you can have a patent on something that you can't uh, that you can't actually reproduce. You can patent the uh, the method of doing this, that, or the other. Never mind whether you can actually do it. Um, so so yeah, this is it's just crazy. It's it's ridiculous. And hey, that's legalese for you. Legalese. That's legalese. Did y'all like how I hit that note right there? You did. You did. It was beautiful. I was off. I was off key that time. Uh, guys, that pretty much wraps up our show. Two nerds in a pod, episode fourteen, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. Guys, before we end every episode, we like to do a little short segment called "What We're Watching and What We're Playing." We talk about the video games that we played this week and also the stuff that we are watching on Netflix or in other places. So, Mac, do you want to start us off with what you've been watching, what you've been playing, or I can start? I don't even care. Which way should we do it this week, man? Um, why don't you start off first? I'll start it off this week. So, guys, as far as what I've been playing, you guys know it's the same thing every week. There's one game that I'm playing every week, and that is Overwatch. I'm always playing Overwatch. I just got done with the Christmas event where you could get super cool skins. I got the Tracer skin. I got the Torbjorn skin. I got the May skin, the Christmas skins. I got a lot of them. Uh, So that was pretty sweet. I played it a lot uh, this past week while I was off work. Also, been really, really, really getting back into Hearthstone, another Blizzard game that I used to love, and I'm really getting back into it. I roll with the Priest class. That's my favorite. Uh, I've gotten up to the gold level on the Priest. I've won enough games. I think it's 500 you got to win before you get a gold hero. Uh, Also, you guys, Uncharted 4 did release that survival DLC. For free. Uh, So I've been really getting back into Uncharted 4, just the multiplayer. I beat the single player a while back. uh, But the multiplayer is really fun. It's kind of like the Last of Us multiplayer, but a little bit more high speed, a lot less stealth. Uh, It's running and gunning. It's a fun fun time if you have good teammates. Uh, Now, as far as what I have... And actually, let's, let's switch over to Mac real quick, and then at the end we'll talk about what I've been watching on TV as well. Okay. Oh, quick addendum before I uh, before I go for the games. Um, I confused two different but very similar lawsuits in my mind. Um, Galvatron had mentioned something in the chat. Thanks, buddy. Um, he's right. It was the parents. So uh, so the dude who was FaceTiming hit the ba- hit their car, and the parents are suing Apple for not sufficiently protecting them from the driver who used FaceTime while driving. Ah, got it. So, yeah, there is an almost identical one that comes uh, that comes out of uh, that comes out of South Carolina. The details are just 
slightly different, which is why I got a touch confused there. But uh, but yeah, so still it is still super ridiculous. But, I agree. Uh, but I agree. Hey, that's where we are. So as for which games uh, I am playing lately, at the current moment, I am playing a little bit of Secret of Mana. Um, nice, it's, nice. It's a great uh, Super Nintendo game, and I am positively ecstatic that I've been able to play it. I also had this really fun one recently where um, where I played, call me crazy, but I played Pokemon Snap, but as like a party game, right? I had a few friends over, and they were like, "Oh, let's you know, let's play, let's play something." And fired up the 64. We turned on Pokemon Snap, and we just passed around the controller after every you know after every uh, sitting or every uh, you know sort of uh, course, and we beat Pokemon Snap together. It was a heck of a it was a heck of a good time, and I think that Pokemon Snap is funner as a party game than it would have ever been as an individual game. Taking it seriously. Yeah, I, I would agree with yeah. that. It's just just really, really a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, just, Professor Oak, screw you. The framing on that Pokemon was perfect. It all fit within the frame. I don't know why you're docking me 40 points on that. He's trolling you. He's trolling you. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I've been playing lately. Oh, and of course, some Resident Evil 5. Um, or yeah, Resident Evil Five. I'm getting ready to go into Resident Evil Six, though. So uh, we'll nice. see how that goes. There you go. Now, real quick, we're gonna go through what we have been watching on Netflix and or Blu-ray DVD in the theater, whatever you've been watching. I'll go first for this, and guys, let us know in the chat what you have been watching. Um, now I've uh, let's see, I've been watching a lot of stuff, and you know, my kids got a lot of uh, a lot of Blu-rays and DVDs from Santa. So we just watched Finding Dory. <laughs> when my brother was here, we took it back a little bit, and we watched some old Bond movies. We've been having fun doing that. As far as Netflix goes, I'm on season four of Arrow, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Mac, are you all, are you all caught mm -hmm. up with Arrow? I am not. I'm sorry. No, it's cool. I'm not going to say spoilers. I'm not caught up with Walking Dead either. You're not caught up with The Walking Dead? Nope. Nope. Dude, I won't spoil, I won't spoil any of it. What'd you say? I said I'm uh, AMC won't let me catch oh, up on uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, they only put like the first episode of each season up. I, I never got through Better Call Saul before they took stuff down, so I need to catch up with that. Oh man, um, Better Call Saul! I loved Better Call Saul. Yeah, it's a great show. I watched season one and it was excellent. Um, but anyway, I've been watching those shows. Uh, let me pull up my Netflix and see what else I've been watching. Uh, some of this stuff is not stuff I have been watching. I have not been watching Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Nice Nice Girl may have been watching it. Um, still almost done with The Office. I'm on the last season of that. Uh, Blacklist, I'm into that too, season two. Um, and that's kind of most of what I did. I didn't watch that much stuff this week. A couple stand-up specials. I watched some Bill Burr. Started watching Michael Che's new stand-up special on Netflix as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. Mac, what about you, man? Um, wow. Uh, so, uh, Mrs. The Mac and I have really been binging Stargate SG-1. I don't think I've watched anything else but SG-1 in my, you know, you know how you've got that, that period of time in the day carved out for, for watching, yeah, you know, yeah. for watching your stories, if you will, Absolutely. with your, uh, with your significant other. Yes. Um, it's been all Stargate SG-1 and we've just been loving the heck out of it. Nice. So, so uh, it's not a lot, but uh, but there it is, dude. It's good to keep it to one show sometime. Now, real quick before we wrap up, our viewers have been playing Titanfall Two, Infinite Warfare, Forza Horizon Three, Alien Isolation, Watch Dogs Two, Resident Evil Four, uh, Final Fantasy Fourteen. Someone says I can't resist being a healer in MMOs for other people. It just feels right. Fair enough. I like being a healer in Overwatch sometimes. I get it. Someone says watching Magnific Magnificent 7 remake on Blu-ray and the Grand Tour on Amazon Video, Man in the High Castle Season 2. Someone says yes, Resident Evil 6. Uh, someone's been watching Frasier and playing Resident Evil 5. And it looks like that is, oh, someone says X-Files and it looks like that someone said I love watching General Hospital. Not sure if serious. I think you might be trolling, and that's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in to episode 14 
of Two Nerds in a Pod. The nerdiest podcast, nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. Hit us up on iTunes. The link is in the chat. Leave a rating. Subscribe if you enjoyed it. Max, should we play some outro music? What do you think, man? I think so. Let's give them what they came here for. Mac doing that Carlton dance. I'm just going to sit here and be cool. I'm just going to sit here and just do what I do. Right, you're playing It's Not Unusual, right? I'm playing, yeah, I'm playing It's Not Unusual, absolutely. It's awesome. not copyrighted if or not, anything. We, we won't get a copyright strike for that at all. Guys, if you had fun today, hit us up next week, Tuesday, 9 p.m. Central Standard, twitch.tv backslash Two Nerds in a Pod. Also, check us out on Twitter, Two Nerds in a Pod. Twitter. You guys are the best viewers on Twitch. We will see you next week. Keep it nerdy. Take care. Deuces. <laughs>